Hi guys, you are listening to the 20s podcast with me, Aisha Williams. Today, I've got Henry and Ollie on from a company called Herd to have a chat about life after uni, the different routes we've all taken, mental health and things we've done to look after our minds both at uni and after. I feel like much of this conversation is relatable, both if you're about to leave uni or have already left. So without further ado, here's Ep9. So Henry, we'll start with you. What is one thing you want to do and one thing you want to see in your 20s? Um, So one thing I'd like to do, um, whilst I say my finances are pretty shocking at the moment, um, at some point in my 20s, I'll probably dream to have like my own place somewhere. Um, so, like, for the freedom of it, to being self-sufficient and independent. Mm. Um, not sure. Probably in London somewhere. And what do I want to see? Mm-hmm. I don't really think of something that I want to see, but um, I kind of kind of put a spin on the question and thought, what about thinking about, uh, like, the direction of my 20s? So rather than, like, strictly having a path of what I want to do, I wanted to, like, say, for instance, like, starting a business or something like that, letting my decisions shape what my future is in my 20s, um, if that makes sense. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I like the spin on the question, though. Those are good ones. But if you want to if you really know what I want to see in my 20s, is obviously be, be able to go out and go to the pubs again. So. <laughs> yeah, the end of COVID, <laughs> basically. Ollie, what about you? Um, in terms of what I'd like to do, yeah. um, I'd love to live abroad in my 20s at some point. Uh, it's something I've I've kind of toyed with the idea. Um, even throughout university, the idea of a year abroad was interesting, but I never really had the had the bottle to be honest with you to ever go and make a make a move. And I've always travelled quite a lot, so I'd like to go and live for a prolonged period of time in another place, um, immerse myself in the culture a little bit. And so, it's something I want to see. So, those who know me know I'm a massive football fan, and it, it, this might sound a little lame, but I'd love to see my team. <laughs> um, get into the Champions League of English of European football because um, not only would it mean a lot for me and it's something that I've followed all my life but it would also mean a lot for the city of where I'm from so I'm a massive I'm a huge Wolves fan and uh, my city Wolverhampton is quite a deprived area and it has been for quite a long period of time um, and the kind of economic and uh, emotional boost to the city would be enormous and we're kind of within touching distance now so I think another couple of seasons of going in the right direction and that, that the whole city and the whole area could see huge benefits. So that's something I'd love to see optimistically. Oh, that's an I'll, unusual I'll, one. Touching distance. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, welcome to the pod, Henry and Ollie. We've never met before, but now we're on a Zoom call. We met through a friend, actually, didn't we? Yes, virtually. I thought you meant in real life then. I was like, shit, have I actually met <laughs> Henry, you messaged me and um, we thought we'd like just do a collab collab, uh, because you've recently set up a platform. But can you just explain what your platform's all about and why you set it up? Um, So we kind of like, it all started when we were back at uni. um, And we kind of like, me and Ollie like together, like throwing around business ideas together. And we had a few... um, and like it was, it was quite tough actually getting those done while you're at university and trying to juggle your degree, having fun, and starting a business. Um, so we never really got around to doing it. Um, and then the lockdown came. Um, Ollie came back from travelling, and I was still in work. Um, and he was just like, "Why don't we start one of our one of our ideas?" And I was like, "Yeah, 
let's do it. So we spun off kind of one of our old ideas and started with Herd, um, which is basically like an online platform um, where people can write um, their own content. Um, it all started of people like talking about having it being like positive news and we, we thought like everyone's news feed was just clogged of rubbish. Um, so we wanted like people to go on somewhere where they were, were reading stuff that was community-based that their friends had written or their friends of friends have written. Um, but I think, I mean, Ollie, you can go into a bit more, but I think that's kind of like the general gist of what we've done. So we, we have, we, we get people to post every day. Um, at the start, we went out trying to get the content, but I think now it's kind of come self-sufficient where people are kind of enjoying the content that they've been reading um, and started writing stuff for themselves as well. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it kind of changed course. Um, so when the idea first came about, um, I remember a friend of mine um, on a couple of occasions sent me through an article on, he's very um, politically involved and opinionated, and he sent me through a couple of articles to read and he, I think he valued my opinion, so he just said, we have relatively opposed, not opposing views, but different views. Um, and he asked for my opinion, um, and he is someone that wanted to go into um, journalism, that, that kind of industry, and didn't have somewhere to present his views and didn't have really feel like he had somewhere to post it to his friends rather than doing kind of a, a rambling Facebook post. So um, when the time came in lockdown to, so we both had the time to do something, it was a perfect opportunity and there was a lot of people trying to share stories and uh, experiences they're having, trying to lift each other's spirits. Um, so it seemed like the perfect opportunity to start it really. Um, and as we've kind of got stuck into it, uh, more content from all different kind of walks has come in. So we're just trying to, almost trying to take stock now and work out exactly the direction we want to take it. But um but yeah, so it's gathered pace and hopefully it'll keep changing as, uh, as it goes along. I think it's a sick idea. Like when I read it, I thought that's so good because it will be self-sufficient. People will send in stuff that they want to talk about. And it's a nice idea of having like filtered news from people you know. So I'm a fan. I'm a fan I think that's why it's done so well, you know, like instead of reading someone that's, someone, someone that's written something in a newspaper because that's what they're paid to do. Yeah. People are writing from their heart, whether it's an experience or an opinion or writing about something in a newspaper, whatever it might be. Um, they're writing it and their friends are reading it. So even if the article is not that relevant or if it is relevant, they're reading it because their friends have read it. Yeah. And enjoying, they're, they're enjoying that aspect of it, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, and also there's a, there's kind of a unique difference to some aspects. So if you go onto a normal news site, there's a lot of different people reading one particular subject and you kind of come together over the subject choice that you're reading on. Whereas the idea kind of on our site is that people in the same community, in the same friendship group, are reading things that their friends are doing that they wouldn't normally be reading about. So um, we've had articles about yoga and there's someone potentially who may never have tried or never even thought about it, who what reads it and is interested in its benefits because it's their friend and it feels relatable. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what we're kind of trying to... We want to maintain that through the whole time that we um, that we have the site. Yeah, everything's That's... in reach, which yeah. I like, yeah. So the idea here, here is that we're going to talk about, I think, the most talked about topics on your website. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So that's like mental health and the transition from uni, routine, like taking time to like look after your mind, how you find your feet after uni and all of that. 
it kind of aligns perfectly because that's exactly what this podcast is about and finding your feet. So it's great that we can speak about this. So how old are you both? Because I don't actually know. I'm, I'm 23. Yeah, I'm also 23. Okay, both 23. I'm 21. Oh yeah, I'm 21. I'm not even 22 yet. I'm obviously up here in Manchester. Are you both in London then? I'm in London. No, I'm in Wolverhampton at the moment. Um, was in London before I came, before I was travelling, but I'm back home at the family home. So. Okay. What unis did you both go to? It's like, Ollie, what uni did you go to and what did you study? Uh, I went to Leeds University and studied politics. Um, yeah, it's something that I was really interested in, but I was not, I wasn't an avid active member of my course, so, but um, my experiences was defined by other things, I think, hopefully. <laughs> I wasn't an avid participant. <laughs> Fair. What about you, Henry? Um, I was at Leeds as well. We, we lived together for three years, so we did the whole of uni together. Oh, did you? Do you, still, yeah. do you still like each other as much after living together? Yeah, we've, we've obviously started her together as well. So. <laughs> True. Downward <laughs> spiral from here. Yeah, we're at a breaking point now. Literally. <laughs> trying to kill your business together at 23. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everyone tells you. <laughs> um, I, I, studied, I studied management. Um, so I was going from, from what I, going back to the question about what do you want to see in your, in your 20s, I kind of didn't really know what I wanted to do. So in terms of like job prospect. Uh, job prospects and stuff like that I thought I didn't really know what I wanted to do or concentrate and I thought business management was like the best the best road to go down to keep your options open yeah so I studied at Sheffield Hallam Shalom the better uni Polly and did psychology and yeah for three years what was your piece on I always find that really interesting God, can I even remember? My diss is on... <laughs> I can't even remember. It was on, like, lad culture in the sports teams and drinking behaviours. Can't remember the title, but it was very interesting to do focus groups with, like, seven different groups of sports teams because um, the ego is just amazing. So, yeah, so I've been out of uni for a year now. It's like the same... No, so you've been out of uni for... We've been out of uni a year as well, yeah. A year as well. I did a year out, so did, so did I. People are getting ready to transition out of uni now in such a weird period of time. Like, 2020 has been just a madness. Like, I can't even think of the word for it. And people didn't get to, like, finish uni properly. And when we come out of this post-COVID world, people will be looking for jobs, which is, like, very stressful, as it is. Uh, so just want to like explain like how we all found the transition after uni and like how did you feel about finishing uni before you finished? I think what everyone everyone kind of well not everyone a lot of people think I finished uni now I've got to go get a job mm-hmm. or something like well definitely that's what that's what I felt like was the thing to do um, but I think looking back at it now I think the most important thing that people think is let's try and secure the perfect job. And realistically, what I learned from leaving university is just, if that happens, well, nine times out of ten, that won't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, even if you're going for job interviews, it's not to get your head down. Like, it, the, the job market's completely 
well, will be and, and has been when I was getting a job near on impossible, um, especially if you want to get your, your, like, your, your number one job. But I think takes I think from a personal point of view, take some time out. Don't try and rush yourself into a job um, because, as I say, with like mental health and the transition phase, it's such a big change in your life that going from having fun, going to uni, doing whatever you want to do, to getting rejected from job interviews is not always <laughs> the best thing to happen. Um, I took quite a I took quite a fortunate path, I think, because um, Henry joined me in London. Um, in, was it September or September you joined? Yeah. So, but I, we left university in June and in July I started an internship and I was, it's quite, a, I think it's quite a good way to move on in doing something that was short term and didn't feel daunting in the respect that it didn't have an end point. I think mm. the whole time you're at school um, at university, everything you enter into has a finished date, whereas your first job, you don't know how long you're going to be there. So yeah. it doesn't have a finish date, and that's quite slight. And that's one of the scariest things. So going into an internship meant that I had six, I knew I had six months, whatever the case, I didn't like it, I didn't like it, I could just stop. And I knew I was going to travel and take some time to think about stuff. Um, so I would advise but like people doing taking that approach, if possible, or doing something that maybe didn't take you straight into a stressful um, full-time job, but... I mean, I think it's personal preference, doesn't it, when it comes to that period, I think. Mm. That's so... I've never thought about that like that. That That is why it's so scary, because there's no end date to a job. So you come out yeah. and you think, whatever I do now, it. you think you're going to be stuck with it for the rest of your life. Like, if you try one thing, like, that's what I'm doing for the rest of my life now. It's actually I horrible. That's what we always said, didn't we, Ollie, when we, when we were, like, talking about after university. I think what, my, what I want to try and do is try and go and get a little bit of an experience from a few different jobs rather than trying to settle something and settle in for like four or five years at a job, do like a six months to a year or however a bit longer and go gain some skill, sales, uh, sales skills and then a bit of marketing or whatever, basically. So for me, like being like having lots of experience rather than just being stuck in one one little bubble of work for the rest of your life. Yeah. Doesn't have a chicken in my head at all. <laughs> during, my, during my internship, there was, a, there was a young guy who's, well, he's 28, I think. Um, but he was someone who kind of took me under his wing and kind of um, uh, spoke to me on a more of a personal level at the start and kind of let me settle in. And he gave me a really good bit of advice. And he said, um, over the course of the next five or six years, if you have a job in mind or an area that you think you see yourself in, um, Write, write down the three or four most important skills that you, you need to get there. Um, look at people who are applying for these jobs and say, right, over the next few years, I'm going to go out and get those skills. So when, when you're in your late 20s or when you start leaving your 20s, rather than having one job in your belt, you've got three or four different key skills from across whatever you've done. And it kind of puts you in a little bit of a, a better position of what's out there and also a better position to apply for whatever is kind of your dream job, so to speak. Yeah, instead of being so like tunnel, yeah, like, whatever the word is, like one vision, it gives you the skills to do whatever. The transition from uni into a job, if that's what you're going to do first, is daunting. So, Henry, tell us about your job and how you felt like going into it. Um, so I, I work in like a um, well, I've been furloughed at the moment, um, but I work in like a it's like a, I sell, I'm in, and the sales team, I, I sell like an online platform. 
um, which is like an intermediary between um, GPs and your GP practices. Um, so obviously the NHS is really understaffed. Um, so we just try and help get rid of the, the agency cost behind that. Um, so if a, if a GP practice is understaffed, they can just post on the platform um, and the job goes out to all the GPs on our platform and then people apply. Um, but yeah, going back to your, your question about being daunting, like going from university where you're like being spoken to the whole time and you're writing stuff down and then going into a job where you're put in the spot you've got to achieve because they've given you the job. Um, mm. And sometimes it's it's not always that easy to achieve. I've had jobs before. Um, I've worked with like my family business before. I've worked in loads of pubs and done like catering stuff, but I've never had a, a proper proper job. Um, so when I first first went into the job, I sat there. I was obviously really really scared, but I didn't really know how to how to do it. And then getting on the phones for the first time, putting it in the deep end, is just it's something you can't fathom what you've done before. Um, so you're sat there, and your boss is being like, what do you think of this? And you're just sat there like frozen, like, I'm not sure. Mm. Um, I think depending on your boss, like you, you get, it's like a learning process. And and like my boss and the people around me have like massively helped me and changed me. And like, I know if I go into another job, um, the experience that you learn in your first job massively sets you in good stead for your next job. Um, it's the same with interviews. Like me in an interview is just, a nightmare. Like, <laughs> I, hate, I hate interviews. Why? Like, if you put me in a pub with the with the person who was interviewing me, and we just sat and had a conversation, I'd be fine. But as soon as I'm put on the spot and they ask you questions, being like, "Tell me about your three worst weaknesses." Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, "Why do you want to know about my weaknesses? Just kind of learn, learn what I'm like as a human, and and why I'd be good for the job potentially." I understand. What, what would make you good for this job? Um, I've kind of just gone around in circles there. But. <laughs> I remember my, I remember my, my internship um, interview, they asked me, if you never had to work again in your whole life, like, what would you do with your life? And it's just... Like... And it's the kind of, uh, it's the kind of question where I couldn't work out. I was, in a, I was tossing up, do they want me to come up with some inventive, clever answer or do I just go for the yes. Didn't they, they ask you in your first interview how many planes, how many people do you think there are on the air, in the air right now? Yeah, it's what? a, a sort of market sizing question. So they asked you, asked me, um, I don't think how they worded it. They said, right now in the whole world, how many people are in the air in an aeroplane right now? And you have five minutes to work the whole thing out. Um, I think I was pretty far off. Oh <laughs> but yeah, they they assess you on how you work it all out. But I don't find interviews too bad. I, I found it was a lot worse getting into a... In an interview, you can kind of prep for it. You can kind of... You know roughly what's coming away. You can kind of set yourself up to answer certain questions. And to an extent, when you come out, it is a relief. But mm. when you're in a job, I, I found professional confidence was hard to get quite quickly. So I think I'm, I'm a relatively confident person normally. But to go into a professional environment and have the same confidence is really difficult. So you're used to being with people your age and being chatty and confident. And suddenly you're in a position where you know the least about the subject in yeah. everyone in the room. And then you're, you're, so everything you say, you feel like it's useless, but it's probably not. You just think, 
oh, everything. You just think anything that's going to come out of your mouth, people are going to um, kind of look down at you, but they're not. Yeah. I think everyone goes through that procedure, so you have to just trust the system and trust that you'll, you'll learn. It's basically like getting thrown in the deep end and just trying to like gain as much experience as possible and, and, and actually throwing yourself throwing yourself in the deep end and then them asking you questions that throw you in the deep end is actually the best thing for you. Like you learn so much more quickly. Mm-hmm. And you get like, more confident. Exactly, yeah. But that's funny about interviews. You'd have hated one I did for Red Bull whilst I was in like second year or first year, I can't remember. But they fire the hardest questions at you, I swear there's about 50, I got asked, like, what was the proudest moment you've ever had? What character would you be from any book or film ever? It's just like, awkward, isn't it? Horrible. <laughs> it's literally horrible. And I left it just like, no, that just did not go well. But I remember I was, like, the first to finish uni out of all my friends, which was so grim at first because... You kind of want someone to like compare to or model off because everyone's scared of finishing uni. But if there's no one that's finished it out of your friend group before or that's going to finish at the same time as you, I remember feeling like lost, like what am I going to do? But I think it turned out to be a good thing because because there was no one to compare to. So I was like, right, OK, whatever I'm going to do now, I'm just going to do it but there's no one to compare to to say that's wrong so then I can go on to whatever and I ended up doing like multiple different things that have like got me here today and yeah that's because you just do what you want basically. People compare with their parents as well don't they and they see or kind of older people who see they define success as going out and getting a like a secure job Mm. and it's this is not really the case anymore people and people, from my experience anyway, it's just less valuable to go and have five, six years experience in a job. It's more valuable to say you've gone, done cool stuff and experienced a lot of things. Um, so yeah, it's changing. I think it's important just to not let it frighten you so much. Mm. About jobs, like you both come out of uni and gone into a job, well, internship and a job. Um, but it's funny that I didn't want a real job in a sense because... My goal is more creative to be a presenter on like radio and TV. And there's no blueprint for that at all. And one thing I found really hard is that you don't know where to start. So a good thing coming out of uni when no one else out of my friends was finishing was that I just had no one else to compare to. And I think that's what led to me starting this podcast because I'd wanted to do it since like first year um because there was no distractions about but another thing I would also tell people is that if you want to do something creative just come out of uni and just make sure you have money first like that's probably the main focus like money and your passion because I remember I worked for my dad for a while because he made me but anyway um after uni but was also doing creative stuff on the side and I think that's just really important if you want to go into something creative, so yeah, the lack of the lack of money thing is a such a. I thought it was pretty obvious, but it's such a stumbling block for. Like, we we thought about so many things we want to do, and we've heard and how we can progress things, but just comes back down to the fact that if you, if you have some money, and it's quite, and it's quite it's, it's we're trying to deliberate between do you spend money on these things and not really knowing if there's going to be a, a long term reward for it, but I think to some extent 
the experience you get from doing it is really important. So yeah. you spend money, and even if it's a failure, like you'll learn from it, and you'll probably stand in a much better stead to go and do something more successful in the future. So yeah. Even like, even say, for instance, like influencers, like if we found like the perfect influencer to like post post stuff about her or whatever it might be, it's it a hundred thousand followers is is a thousand pounds. A hundred thousand followers is what? So if if for use for using an influencer influencer with a hundred thousand followers would cost you a thousand pounds to use them to influence your that's ridiculous your platform basically. That is ridiculous. The chances are a few random people might follow you. Probably the people you don't even yeah. want to follow you. So. <laughs> and then they'll unfollow always, you. I always say organic, always say organic growth is mm. the best. How are you guys finding social media as well, using it for herd? It's weird. So we, obviously, like, growing up, like, when we were younger, Facebook was massive. Um, and then, obviously, Instagram came around. And when we first started... Um, we thought like, well, we thought like the, all of our views and stuff like that would be on on Instagram because obviously everyone's always on Instagram. Mm. Um, but for us, we found that the the best the best like what you say like plug for people reading our articles is is through Facebook. Um, it gets like double, if not more, the amount of views than Instagram does. That's um, mad. But I think that's just the way the way that algorithms and like clickbait and stuff like that works on Facebook um, but I think in terms of like promotion and stuff like that Instagram's the place to go it's personal personal use of the social media platforms versus the business use is completely different yeah which is which is crazy I didn't we didn't really think about before but obviously learning a lot on it now that's the thing I've never been a big I've used social media probably like averagely for some of my I'm not a big post I won't post everything I do on social media yeah I'll probably update it to keep a bit of a profile but it's not a big thing for me so suddenly having to post every day on social media and get things right and make sure the layout's right and, oh, it's horrible I, it's so horrible and it's, it's really stressful it can take you can take your like yeah you look at a post and you think oh, you think well those ways obviously means you get a bit bigger sort of of posting things simultaneously but to one post across platforms can take you a while just to make sure it does right and stress you out. <laughs> and then you feel like you've been on your phone for hours, but you're actually trying to do some work. It's I hate it. It also doesn't help someone like me, you can't really spell. So I'll <laughs> make a post and post it and then Ollie will message me being like not spelled, mate, and I have to delete that and do it again. And then it's wrong again. <laughs> it's just not ideal. Well, what have you um would you say your mental health has been like since leaving? Like, what have you been doing to, yeah, keep your mind in check and stuff? I'll start. Um, I think I'm really lucky in terms of like how I've, how I've my mental health has not really ever been a bad thing um, for, for me. But I think what's happened with me is, is is built up in other ways potentially. So like instead of my mind telling me something that there's something wrong, um, it's happened in other ways. So, like, say, for instance, if I'm stressed or if I'm not, if I go out too much or whatever it might be, mm. instead of that building up in my mind and, and creating like a little ball of stress, it, it happens to me somewhere else. So, like, I've got a bad stomach problem, and I think that was probably probably might have been related to some things that I've just brushed under the carpet at some point and not thought about it. So, mm. instead of it attacking my mind, it goes to attack other parts. Um, but I think from 
like reading the article that, that um, those two, um, what do you call them? Um, Jeff and Anastasia. As in, as in, like their mental health. They're mental health campaigners, so they've both got different roles, but they're, yeah, they're mental health campaigners. Listening, listening to, we had, we had a, a few Zoom calls with them before, before we uh, got the article together. Um, and I think like the most important thing is like keeping on top of it. And, and staying alert and understanding that that these things can definitely happen and cause problems. Um, so instead of, as I said, brushing something under the carpet, um, like prepare yourself and be self-aware that big changes, for instance, going from school to university or university into your first job um, can be really overwhelming. Um, so taking that on board and, and, and using like networks that you have available to you, especially like in your job, I think that's what Jeff wants to do. Is it's all about um, mental health within the workplace. Um, so actually speaking up and talking about it is probably probably the best thing. And understanding that that these things do happen and, and staying on top of it mm. rather than just getting yourself yeah. and just building it. University can also university can be a bit of a bubble. I think I think you can you can be within a social circle and some friends and. For some people, it's a really happy time. For not not for everyone, but for me, it was a really happy time. I felt like it's definitely, I was definitely within a bubble. Um, I went to university before I went to Leeds in Newcastle and left at the Christmas just because of my mental health and it wasn't right. Um, I'd experienced um, a loss. I lost my dad like a few weeks before going, and it, I went to university thinking I was going to be absolutely fine, really naively. Um, but it complete by, by the end of the first term, it got the better of me. Um, but when I went to Leeds, I kind of it kind of was this new sense of life and a new start, and everything was really good. So I think I was on quite a lot of high alert when I left that the next big change in my life could trigger something, which is quite lucky. Um, and I've just tried to do everything I can in my life to try and um, protect that. So it can, I think it can kind of spiral quite quickly if you get in, and you don't really necessarily realise it's happening. Um, so just little things like my girlfriend does a lot of yoga, and I. At first, it was just the last thing that I would ever do. Mm. Like, if you'd asked me two or three years ago about doing yoga, I said, "No, nah, that's not for me. I don't believe in that kind of stuff." But I'm, I'm really open to that kind of stuff now, and I trying new things and finding what works for you is really important. And it actually does help. And I, I it's, it's good having a routine and getting up at a certain time. And so, when I was in London, we'd get up at six o'clock and go to the gym and go to work. Yeah. And I, that sense of routine is just so important for me. If I didn't have that, I, I would kind of fall apart I think yeah I completely agree that routine is just the most important thing ever like at uni especially because I remember like first year I got so anxious but at the time I didn't know it was anxiety because I'd, like literally I was one of those people that would be like I don't know what anxiety feels like at all and then yeah first year like September I remember I got really anxious, but yes, yeah, so I didn't know what it was. And then my mum and dad ended up coming down. Um, and then, yeah, it just lasted for like three months, but I like associated it with Sheffield for a long time. But the only thing that got me out of that was going to the gym every day. I think the routine of going to the gym, like that's what sticks with me now. Like I think I'll be doing that my whole life, like before work. And also like when I had placement then in second year, that was so early in the morning, but I think it makes it easier to then have that routine of going to the gym or doing something else because once you're already doing something kind of not hard, but like 
once you already have something to do in the day, it's so easy to add something else on and just like get yeah. shit done. So I can definitely, definitely agree with routine. I just used to like the feeling of being, if it was 11 o'clock and I was, I'd started work and obviously I was in a relatively uncomfortable first job and I'd been to the gym, got to work, eaten my breakfast, a healthy breakfast, obviously. And then I was just feeling like I've, I've achieved so much by 11 o'clock. I was like, whatever I do today, yeah, I've had a good day regardless. So I think um, of like waking up early is like the biggest thing for me. If I don't wake up early, my mood is just downhill from the from the day from the day starts. So if you're like up at eight, mm. you can't really go wrong, can you? It's funny if you met us at university, we didn't get over eight. So <laughs> it'd be a very different complete. story. <laughs> <laughs> we were out from university. That was just the, you just going out every other night. And it was just horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we love it at the time, but. Then you look back and you're like, how did I do that every day? Yeah, I have I, no idea how I did that. I think that's how I th- felt in third year. Like, I realised I was just getting so old, like, just not as like, yeah, let's do it, as I was in first yeah. and second year. I remember when my brother used to say to me, he's only like four years older than me, and he used to say, I can't deal with going out anymore, my hangovers are just awful. Mm. And like, when you're in first year, you're like, you don't get hangovers, you're like, what's a hangover? And then at the end of it, by third year, you're like, oh, God, I have to go out. (laughs) I never got them for ages. Like, I still don't really get hangovers, but I realise that, say, if you drink on a Saturday and Sunday you're just up up and out all day, it'll hit you on the Monday in some way or another. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, if it's really bad, it's Tuesday or Wednesday, you're still feeling (laughs) about the effects of it. But, yeah, that's an interesting one as well. Like, do you think alcohol affects your mental health at uni because i think a lot of people don't really speak about the the bad parts of uni and that was one thing i remember my teacher at high school told me he was like you'll never hear people coming back from uni saying oh i didn't quite enjoy this people will always come back and say how much of a sick time they've had and that stuck with me when i was feeling a bit shit at uni because i thought that's so true and part of it is because of alcohol half the time. Definitely. But it's, the same, it's the same with betting, though. Like, if you win a bet, you're going to tell all your friends, whereas you don't tell your friends that you've lost about 16 before you've won that one. Yeah. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> no, but I think, that, I think there's a connotation with university being the best years of your life. So I think there's, a, there's always mm-hmm. that element that I need to be having fun, but yeah. life just, there is just times where it's just, you have a, I don't know, a low period or a low day and it's just... It's just allowing that to happen without feeling like you must be having fun all the time. Mm-hmm. I just find it's impossible to, like, you can't work when you're hungover. Like, you, you go in and you're like, oh, you, you're going to tell yourself you're going to go do some work. <laughs> and then you're hungover and then you're sitting opposite someone in the library and they start to close their laptop and get up. <laughs> and you're like, you're going home and then end up being one person leaving and four of you leaving. It's like, take me with you, 100%. <laughs> Yeah, work does not get done when you're hungover. But what else do you guys do for... Have you tried meditating? Meditating? Meditating. I have the um, Headspace app and I've paid for it. I did a lot more when I first got it and then I renewed my membership this year thinking I'm definitely going to get... It's going to be... If I pay the £40 whatever, it's going to get me to do a load of meditation. And unfortunately, it's not really done that much. £40? Um, It's something like 40 quid for the year. 
Um, but I thought, well, I spend that spend so much money on a gym membership mm. on my and my physical health or whatever. Why not? What's forty quid for your mental health? But stupidly, that has not um, encouraged me to do enough. But I do actually really, I do, yeah. I kind of, I'm the kind of person that swears by it and thinks it works, but don't really put that into practice enough. Mm. Um, but I'm a big, I'm a big believer that it does have a good effect. I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm, I don't actually do it that much, but. That not more recently, but I've, I've tried it a few times where, like, I don't know if this is meditation, but when you lie on your bed and you you, you start from the bottom of your toes mm. and you feel the energy moving up all the way through your body, I usually do that to help me go to sleep, but it's also really, really relaxing. Have I you ever do done that, that before? Yeah, I do. I actually do that with headspace. So I always oh, yeah. do it at night time when I want to go to sleep and fall asleep to it. And I've always thought, is that actually meditating though if you're well, not I think technically meditating is <laughs> sleeping means you're under it right <laughs> I think it means you're supposed to be at like the level between kind of relaxed and sleep there's kind of a bit of a zone where if you're, in, <laughs> you're feeling that relaxed I think you are meditating yeah, I, I'm constantly in that state when I go to sleep you know, when we're speaking to um, Jeff about mental health he raised a really he raised a really good point about the fact that um you exercise, well, once a day or three times a week or whatever it might be, or you go out for a walk or you, you do any any kind of exercise, um, and that's obviously your physical. But he says that your mental should be the same, if not bigger, because obviously it's the biggest biggest like thing in your body, the brain, and, and keeping that fit, so to say, in the same way as you do your physical health mm. is also really important. So doing like meditation or yoga or something like that should be a daily occurrence not just a one-off thing. Yeah, because you forget at uni that, well, you don't forget, but at uni you're doing that all the time, having to read and having to research and stuff. Yeah. And I've tried to make myself read more, but it's really hard if you're dyslexic. <laughs> like... I'm the same. I always, say, I always say to my friends, the last book I probably read was Of Mice of Men. <laughs> <laughs> and before that, probably been before that, what? Biff and Chip. What's that? I've never heard of it. <laughs> Neither have I. I've never read Biff and Chip at school. No, I think we're too normal. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a book for three-year-olds, is it? It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Chronicles of Biff and Chip. I've never heard of it. Would you, no, would you say, like, you are more people that need to be around other people to get energy or... Do you prefer like your own space to help your mind relax? Um, hundred percent. I'm the first one, and I always, ha- I think I always have been. But I actually, I, me and Henry used to always kind of joke about the fact that we never spent any time in our rooms at university. We'd always be in the living room or the communal area. We just weren't the kind of people to go and lock ourselves in our rooms. Mm. But I think, I think that's like I used to see it as like a characteristic trait, and that's how I was. But I don't think it's necessarily a really good thing. So I was, when I was traveling recently, I decided to do like a month off, completely on, well, not a month, a couple of weeks completely on my own and just think it's the last thing I'd ever choose to do. But if I do it, maybe I'll learn a few things about myself that I, I, and just learn how to cope with being on your own for long, long periods of time. Um, and I actually really enjoyed it. I really shocked myself. Really? I got to the end of it and I thought, I don't think I'm as extrovert as I think I am. I think I do like that balance, which is interesting. I've always thought that I would, be terrible traveling by myself because it's, it's one of my biggest like not fears but 
no, it's not a fear. I just feel like I wouldn't be able to navigate a foreign country by myself. <laughs> well, but... I, when I got to, um, when I got to, because I went to the Andaman Islands, which is a, a small group of islands between India and pretty much in the ocean between India and Thailand. It's miles away from anywhere else. It's Indian-owned land. But it takes about, took me about a day to get there. So and I travelled on my own and I arrived and... Uh, there was no wi- there's no Wi-Fi. There was no, there wasn't really any other white or English people or English-speaking people around. So I naturally felt I'd normally been in situations where I was around people who I could relate to a little bit, mm-hmm. and I wasn't in that situation for the first time in my life. And I was, it was quite a daunting prospect. But I think if I hadn't gone in at that much of a deep end, I probably wouldn't have got the benefits. Yeah, but yeah, it was an interesting experience, but I'd recommend it for sure. Really. God, maybe one day. I'm exactly the same. I'm a massive extrovert. But having said that, I've now moved to London. I'm staying in my in my friend's house in London. Um, I'm, I'm here by myself. And like I thought that this would like, be a good time to like do something by myself and be by myself. Like, don't get me wrong, like I'll FaceTime a friend or like, I'll see my friend who lives down the road from here. Well, like a 20-minute walk. But I kind of wanted to come here and, and like do my own thing for a little bit, be by myself, work out who I am. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. I think when you're at university, you can obviously do that, but you're surrounded by your friends and going out all the time. So like, also now I'm furloughed, like, I can concentrate on other things. Um, so just doing my own thing is going to be quite nice. I mean, it's only been like a day and a half. Um, <laughs> Tomorrow you're going to hate it. <laughs> it crossed, but next week I'll still, I'll still want to be here. I'm sure I will. Mm. I think it's good that you're both starting to enjoy your own company then. Because I think yeah. I'm a, I'm definitely like that. There'll be times when my friends want to do something and I just, I sound like I've got problems. <laughs> There'll be times when you just need, you just need your own space. I think my whole family's like that. But I am an extrovert, but I also like my own space. I think everyone's on the spectrum, like doing psychology. It was asked so many times, like, do you think you're an extrovert or an introvert and everyone's just on the scale everyone loves their own company everyone yeah. loves being but I think do you think I think what's really cool well a positive to take out from lockdown is that I think this has given a chance for people to actually be by themselves and, and be able to do that because yeah. like you haven't had the chance to see people you haven't you've been with your family which you well you've grown up with your whole life and seeing friends is like a massive part of it but if you don't see your friends and you're you're by yourself or you're with your family or you're working from home whatever it's doing you are still spending a lot of time by yourself Mm. and I think it's given everyone the opportunity to do that I think to some respects as well being I think I used to mistake being around my friends because I feel more comfortable and some some of them any mental kind of not issues or any kind of any ill mental health I had in my life when I was a little bit younger, especially, I associated normally with my own thoughts and when I was on my own. So I'd use people as a chance to just distract myself from that. Mm. So I was like, that's it. I just, I want to be around people all the time. Like, and, I, and then I, you come away from that and then it, it can kind of make things worse, I think. I think it's, it's important to learn to deal with that properly, not hide away from it and assume be, being in company with other people is the best way to do that. I completely agree. But I think we've we've shared some good knowledge there um but what would you leave what would you leave people with kind of as advice for finishing uni 
I can start off easily. Just don't rush into things. I yeah, just don't rush into things unless you know exactly what you want to do and you've got something lined up which you're like really really excited for. Mm. Just relax, take some time off, and rush into it. Also, don't just don't compare yourself with others uh, people as well. Don't. There's no need to look at what your friends are doing and think that's maybe a better option or. I'm quite a big believer that things do happen for a reason. I think if you take certain paths and certain avenues, um, doors will open up for you where you probably didn't expect them to. So I think if you just commit to, um, I don't know, kind of be open-minded and um, and things will turn out for the good. I think you have to believe in yourself and believe in that. And also the world's such a crazy place at the moment that who knows what's going to happen in the next few years. So mm. there's not much point stressing about um your future too much i think you're also young so have fun yeah i would say that as well like friday and saturday night go out for beers (laughs) even if you have a job yes always go out (laughs) for a beer or even a thursday (laughs) i'd agree just don't i'd say don't be scared because i've loved this year you can do whatever you want basically and trial and error that's what i'm gonna say Exactly. And lastly, do you just want to plug anything? I say this to everyone. Do you want to plug anything or leave a lasting sentiment? It's okay if not, but... We've spoken about it a lot. Um, but we're going to plug it one more time. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's your business called again? It's hard, guys. <laughs> Don't give it a read. <laughs> um, I'll also, also, actually, it's not just about reading. You can also get involved and write as well. Um it's also massively therapeutic, we've been told by our writers. So yeah, go visit Herd on Instagram, it's herd.uk. Perfect. I will put your app in the description. Uh, but thanks for coming on. I've enjoyed it. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you for having us, yeah. No worries. <laughs> Until next time.